Dan Bongino. I have an obligation to come on the air with data and material and research. I can't just say, trade stinks. Thanks for tuning in. The Dan Bongino Show. Well, let's jump right in because we have no time for nonsense. Get ready to hear the truth about America. When I was a young man, I don't remember it being sexy to want to allow a nanny state to control my life. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Heidi ho on with the show, Dano. Man, what a bad day for the Democrats yesterday. The collapse is imminent, folks. <laughs> Listen, the Republican Party may not be doing great right now, ro- you know, sitting around roasting s'mores around the open fire, <laughs> singing Kumbaya and campfire songs. But man, is the Democrat Party. Have you ever seen a party invest so much time in a horse crap narrative, right? <laughs> this Trump-Russia thing, that which is subsequently turned around, boomeranged, and kicked you in the face with, se- with same said via horse so strongly. Mm. I mean, the last six months, all we've heard, Trump, Russia, the collusion, ah, the world is going to end. The Russians, Red Dawn, Wolverines, the Russians are coming. (laughs) You know, it was like, it's like Paul Revere, not for the British, for the Russians. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. I mean, and, and, and after yesterday... Now we find out the whole time that, yes, um, Joe, yes, the Russian collusion narrative is true. Mm-hmm. Except for one key point. Mm-hmm. It's been a Clinton-Obama DNC Democrat Party collusion narrative the entire time. Tell your friends to chew on them apples. How do you like those apples, folks? Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Has a nonsense liberal narrative blown up in the face of a political party Specifically, the Democrats so badly in modern times like this one. So in case you missed it yesterday and you're wondering what I'm talking about, because rightfully so, as I always say, some people say, you got to tell us what happened. I missed it. I was on Mars yesterday or whatever. It happens, man. Listen, I've been busy, too. My daughter had a big volleyball game yesterday. The Washington Post of all places, the Washington Post, the liberal Washington Post, broke a story yesterday that is a, you know, I, I can't even use the word bombshell. There's no... As I said in a tweet one time, the bombshelly nature of the word bombshell is gone because the Obama administration's full of bombshells. The IRS scandal, Fast and Furious, the bombshell doesn't even mean anything anymore. Yeah. But this one was a, a an unbelievably profound and impactful story that broke yesterday in the Washington Post. And the gist of it is the dossier, the fake dossier, the compilation of information compiled on Trump, which alleged that he had some sexual proclivities uh, when he traveled that were really uh, unbecoming and that he had done some really nasty things in hotel rooms. That dossier was paid for by the Clintons and the DNC. Folks, you may say, well, you know, that that's uh, what's the what, what's the deal with that? What's why? Why is that such a big story? Why is that such a big story? The entire Trump-Russia collusion, FBI, counterintelligence investigation, everything, the genesis of it was this fake document saying that Trump was a sexual pervert when he traveled overseas and the Russians knew it. The entire... So, folks, there's a lot of takeaways from this. Number one, that the media are complete total hacks. The fact that the Washington Post published this, I don't want you for a second to think I'm patting them on the back, by the way. The reason the Washington Post, I'm convinced, because they are, they're total hacks over there. The reason the Washington Post published this story is simply what it was going to come out 
And I think they figured, well, we might as well get the clicks and put our own spin on it first. Mm. Because there's no way the source that reached out to them that told them that the Clintons and the DNC had, in fact, paid for the dossier. There's no way he wasn't going to go somewhere else with that information. So let's not sit here and pat the Washington Post on the back. They had no choice, and I'll bet they figured, oh, the best we can do now is get the clicks from it, too. So there's a couple of takeaways from this that are important to you. Number one, the dossier, it was very, very sophisticated the way this worked. And, and, and here's the genesis of this entire thing. Number one, and so I don't, I don't exclude the Republicans from this as well. I want to be fair about our assessment of what happened, Joe. The original firm hired to go get negative information on Trump, what we would call oppo research, opposition research, right. was Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS was initially hired by a Republican. Now, the logical question should be, well, who? Yeah. The answer, nobody knows. Mm. The Washington Post doesn't know. The source apparently didn't know or else it would be in the story. Um, I don't know. I'll be candid with you, folks. I don't even have suspicions. I just, when I don't know, I, do, I don't know who did it. The The list of suspects uh, from Colonel Mustard on down uh, are, are legion. I mean, I, it could have been anyone. It could have been any of the 17 or so Republican primary opponents. It could have been a wealthy donor to one of his primary opponents. Nobody knows. But the initial search for oppo, opposition research on Trump, through Fusion GPS, Joe, which was the company that was going to get the research, okay? Right. Get the bad stuff, right. which, by the way, is not illegal. Again, we're going to do actual journalism for journalists here, even though I'm not a journalist at all. But journalism mm-hmm. uh, is a dead art, so I figure we can fill in the vacuum. So a Republican paid for that. Now, at some point, this Republican, I'm assuming who's wealthy enough to pay opposition research is not cheap, folks. The Republican who was looking for bad information on Trump bowed out and said, "Okay, I'm done. Why was that? I don't know. Maybe the guy he was backing or the woman he was backing or whatever in the presidential race dropped out. In other words, Joe, there was no reason for this Republican, this shady Republican operative Mm -hmm. to continue to fund opposition research against uh, against Trump because their horse in the race is already out. It dropped out. Okay, right. If the story had ended there, folks, there is nothing to see. Campaigns paying for oppo research are nothing new. I've been through three of them. I've had people dig up files on me. I didn't even know existed. Seriously. I had a video of an interview I gave, which they cut and spliced from. I I didn't even know it was on the Internet uh, about Obamacare. And it it made it look like I supported Obamacare, which if you listen to the show, you know, it was absurd. But it was good. Oppo. I'll give him that. I'll give him credit. So I had this done on me. If the story ends there, it's no problem. But what happened? What happened here is key. This is where Hillary Clinton and the DNC comes in through a lawyer named Mark Elias. They then come in, pick up the funding for this continued oppo research. And a result of that continued oppo research is this file known now as the dossier. The dossier contained information about Trump and his sexual habits, which was very disturbing. Now, the dossier has been debunked completely. It's not it's folks. It's not true. Nobody, no credible journalist, nobody thinks it's not, it's fake. It's not true. Right. It's a fake document. Now, how the information got into the fake document is key here because there's some, there's a, a more than credible theory out there. Even the Washington Post puts it out there and other people that the Russians may have had an interest, Joe, 
in getting that information to this guy named Christopher Steele, who was compiling the dossier for Fusion GPS on behalf of the Democrats now and Hillary Clinton, who took over for the Republican donor, who's the mystery man. Does that make sense? Yeah, we're with you so far. Okay, cool. Now, what's ironic about this is if the Russians were the source, the genesis of this information against Trump, which was false, then they used... This guy, Christopher Steele, Fusion GPS, and the Democrats, the DNC and Hillary who were paying for it through this lawyer, they used them to get information to the Federal Bureau of Investigation to start a massive counterintelligence investigation. Oh, Ooh. oh, what? Wait, 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 wait. What? what? Time out. Rewind the tape. Right. Get the pencil out. Put the tape in there. For you young kids, you have no idea what we're talking about. Us older folks, no. Yeah. Spin the tape. Spin the tape with the pencil. Don't burn your batteries on your tape recorder. Rewind. Here we go. So what you're telling me now is for months you've been telling us about Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. But now mounting evidence... By, believe me, even never Trumpers are starting to admit this now. There is now mounting evidence that the Russians planted fake evidence about a presidential candidate, Donald Trump, Uh during a presidential election, a critical junction in time for the United States, to influence the election. The fake information planted by the Russians was purchased by the Democrat opponent to Trump, Hillary Clinton, and the DNC, the meeting, they paid money for it and then used and fed to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, who then considered paying this guy, Steele, well, for said bad information and used as a pretext to start a massive counterintelligence investigation against the Trump campaign. Holy Moses, did this really happen in the United States? Wow. Now, folks. I'm not, I don't take any BS on this show. I'm not taking any crap. And if you're a liberal, you know what? And you're going to you're gonna do the conspiracy theory, thing, just beat it. Go away. I don't care. Our audience is big enough. I don't need you. I don't want you here. I legitimately don't care. If you are so nutty that you think the Washington Post is part of your conspiracy theory, on, this, on a show, by the way, where Joe and I, yeah. I believe me, at great pain to me and him, try to debunk conspiracy theories <laughs> at every opportunity. And I do mean at great pain to me. If you saw the emails, you know what I mean then you are in the wrong place. Folks, this is a scandal of woolly mammoth prehistoric proportions. The Russians influenced the campaign and started a counterintelligence investigation using the American FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, our most prominent investigative arm of the federal government was instigated by the Russians to start a counterintelligence investigation against America's future president. Oh, don't worry. Who was heading up the FBI then? Uh, uh, Jim Comey. Oh, oh uh, even. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, it, it, I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't even. There's like seven different angles since I haven't even touched it. Now, you have that sound ready, right? Yeah, man. Now, with the Clintons, especially Hillary, who is, I, 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 I can't say it enough. I worked for this woman. She is not genuine. She is an inauthentic person. She rarely, if ever, tells the truth when it comes to a situation that may wound her politically. It, she's a liar. I don't know any other way to say it. How do we know something's up here? Joe's got a clip of Hillary Clinton being asked in an interview about this and listen to her response and how she and listen to the anger in her voice 
as she's asked about it. Play that cut. It's the same baloney they've been peddling for years, and there's been no no credible evidence by anyone. In fact, it's been debunked repeatedly and will continue to be debunked. Uh, it's It's been, you see how yeah, angry she oh, is? Oh, I heard it, yeah. This is a classic gaslighting response from Hillary Clinton, who is a political creature only. Her mor- She lives in a moral and ethical vacuum. She is an ends justifies the means person. She uses gaslighting as the sole means to advancing her political agenda. Her gaslighting technique is when you're charged with something and you're, you're, you know, you're right over the target, which we are right now. Mm-hmm. We're now we're starting to realize through more than enough credible sources in Washington Post included, which is not a credible source, but has no interest in protecting Hillary, that the Democrats... And by the way, their only defense, the DNC to this, which they put out today, Joe, they put mm-hmm. out a statement to the only defense to the charge that they paid for this. Mm-hmm. They didn't deny it. Oh, they said, oh, new leadership wasn't involved. New leadership was elected after the election. <laughs> Nobody's saying new leadership was involved. We're saying the Debbie Wasserman Schultz class of DNC leadership were the ones who paid for this dossier and they have yet to deny this. Neither has the Clinton campaign and that hack, Brian Fallon, who's a disgusting piece of filth. He's like, I don't regret we didn't know we paid for it. But if something comes out of it, great, you lying piece of garbage. Brian Fallon is a total disgrace and a disgusting piece of filth. He was a spokesman for Miss, uh, Mrs. Clinton. He's, he's filth. Mm. He is human filth. Now, why is this important? Okay, number one, the takeaway. And I'm going to get to the second one in a second, but this is important. Second one in a second. Very good. Should be a rap song. <laughs> this was used as a pretext to use our FBI to start a counterintelligence investigation, as Joe said, he's right, under Jim Comey, into a presidential candidate who later turned into the president. False information planted by the Russians. Number two, it was used as a paddle by the media to degrade the uh, the character, temperament, uh, 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 and basically uh, any kind of principles Donald Trump would have. It was used to attack the president, the dossier I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But the problem, folks, you have to understand this case. If you don't, if, if this is going to be, this is an enormous scandal. The problem the media had is they could never verify the contents of the dossier. Now, why? Because it was BS. It was crap. Mm-hmm. It was made up. The dossier was fake. That's why it couldn't be verified. Joe, I, uh, if I asked you to verify that 35 plus 35 equals 72, you're not going to be able to verify that because it can't happen. There's no calculator that's going to give you that number, just like there's no credible source that's going to confirm information that's false. Correct. But the media, in their zeal to take down Donald Trump, and this is takeaway number two, needed a reason to get the dossier into the public arena despite the fact that many in the media knew it to be false. In other words, Mm -hmm. you know, a lie travels around the world before the truth is heard, right? Yeah. They needed to get the lie out there in an attempt to degrade the character of Donald Trump before the election to hurt him. But they couldn't do it without risking the small uh, remainder of credibility the media had. So what did they do? This is where the story gets really, really disturbing. Jim Comey and the FBI picked up and found an interest in Christopher Steele and the Fusion GPS dossier, despite 
the information in it being completely unverified. That would be the equivalent of me starting an investigation if I had the broad powers of the FBI against Joe Armacost mm-hmm. for allegations that he stole a bazooka. I mean the gum, not an actual. Remember bazooka yeah, gum, yeah. five cents? Love Wasn't that yeah. the best? Yeah, kids don't know what I'm talking about. But they used to have this gum for the five cents. The comics were, were great, too. Yeah, the comics inside. That's right. Bazooka Joe. That Joe Armacost stole a piece of bazooka gum 22 years ago, even though it's patently false. That the information is just made up, and I use my powers of the FBI to then start an investigation against Joe for some kind of uh, commerce clause violation. <laughs> You may say, well, that's really dumb. It's just as dumb as starting an investigation against Trump for peeing on a bed in Russia when nobody even know it never happened. It, it really, what's the difference? Both things never happened. So the media needed this, but they couldn't verify it. How did they do it? They used Comey and the FBI to slide the information into the PDB, the Presidential Daily Brief which is a briefing, an intelligence briefing the president gets at the White House sometimes every day, sometimes not, depending on how they choose when and where. Mm -hmm. I've been there when they come in and, you know, they not inside the room, but when they go in the Oval Office or wherever and do it, okay? That it made it, the fake dossier, the equivalent of Joe stealing a bazooka, piece of bazooka gum, that the fake dossier made it into the presidential daily brief was used as a reason to report on said dossier and the contents by BuzzFeed and other outlets that then picked it up later. In other words, Joe, remember, the story about Joe stealing the bazooka gum is fake, just like the dossier. But if you want fake information about Joe, knowing he Mm. never stole the bazooka gum out there, what do you do? You don't report on the dossier. You don't report on the bazooka gum theft. You report on someone telling someone important about the bazooka gum theft. No one remembers that the story was about, oh, President Obama was briefed about producer Joe stealing bazooka gum. All they hear is producer Joe stole gum. Genius. Yeah. Excuse me. Genius technique. Diabolical. By the media. Yeah. Of course it's diabolical. Genius technique by the media. So the two takeaways here about what a scam this was the entire time. Again, number one, the false information was fed to the DNC and Hillary, which was then fed through. No one knows how it got there yet. John McCain's name has come up. I don't know that for sure. His name has come up quite a bit. The information was fed to the FBI did not verify the information, used the information to start a counterintelligence investigation against the president to get the, that's takeaway one, takeaway two, to get the information into the media, despite the fact that it was debunked and it was actually debunked. No credible person can confirm any of this ever happened. They slid it into the presidential daily brief through Comey and the FBI, which enabled the media to report about the briefing and mm. reference a dossier that was false, knowing the American public wouldn't turn go, Trump peed on a bed in Russia? Oh, my gosh. Folks, Ooh. I mean, it, 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 what, what do you say? How, how, does the, how do the Democrats recover? I really, I said yesterday, has there ever been a party so stupid? You know, I give them a lot of credit sometimes. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, the show, know one of do. the threads of the show has been that the Democrats aren't dumb, which they're not. You know, a lot of the the class warfare and identity politics they use, they're not stupid. These are strategic moves by them. Mm -hmm. But let me rewind that a little bit on this. In this specific instance, I want to be clear on this. This, I think, was one of the 
in addition to Harry Reid's decision to blow up the filibuster for judicial nominations, which I talked about last week, mm-hmm. I think this may have been the potentially largest political strategic blunder we've seen in decades. And I'm not being hyperbolic here for any type of effect at all. And when I say strategic blunder, I mean the endless focus by the Democrats on a Trump-Russia narrative that they had to know, Joe, these are not stupid people. They had to know was either false or, or at best flimsy, flimsy based on pure anecdotal nonsense. Their endless focus on this they had they, my only you may say, well, Dan, well, why would they do it then if they knew this was going to backfire? Right. I mean, Joe, mm-hmm. people at the DNC and the Clinton campaign knows they paid for a fake dossier. Yeah. They're not stupid. Why do it? Folks, the same reason I think Obamacare was set up to fail. And I know this is going to sound strange, but I, I, I mean this. The same reason American, the uh, you know, America. Uh, yeah, I get that. The, the same reason America, I want to say it's the right way because I don't want to screw this up. The same way America was set up to fail by Obamacare. And you may say to yourself, well, why would Obamacare be set up to fail? I actually believe with 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 my, my heart, my soul, my mind, every ounce of my being that Obama really believed that the failure of Obamacare, the, the uh, guaranteed issue, cost sharing payments, risk corridor payments and community rating could not economically work. Obama's not stupid, but I think he understood the entire time, Joseph, Mm -hmm. that the media was going to cover his butt and that the media was going to blame that subsequent failure on greedy insurance companies. And that was going to be the impetus to push for single payer Medicare for all. I believe that to this day. I've said it on one of our first shows when we did Obamacare. I always believe that was the plot. What happened, though, is Obama's working in in a prehistoric media environment. Obama did not respect the power of conservative media, Fox News, the social media outlets, uh, pundits out there, and bloggers to get information and bypass the mainstream media. So the mainstream media could not continue to cover I don't want to waste a lot of time on this. I'm sorry. But the mainstream media, Joe, my point is, could not continue Mm -hmm. to cover for the failure of of Obamacare because conservative media, which didn't exist in the era of Walter Cronkite, was more than happy to fill in the information vacuum and say, oh, no, 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 no. Obamacare failed, not the insurance companies. They may suck. They may have screwed it up, too. But Obamacare caused them to suck because they set them up for failure. Did you see my point where I'm going with this? Yeah. I believe with the Clinton-Russia thing, it was the exact same scenario. You have dinosaur politicians like Hillary Clinton, a disgraceful uh, person, and by any, I mean, by really by any measure. She is just a, 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 she's the worst kind of divider and she has a platform to do it. I believe even though she knew she paid for the dossier, even though she knew the DNC paid for this false information that started a an unbelievably disingenuous FBI witch hunt on a presidential candidate, even though she knew it, she thought that her media allies and the power of the mainstream media was, media was strong enough to advance a disingenuous Trump-Russia narrative that would continue uh, endlessly. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and let me give you some evidence for this. Because she'd been through it herself. Hmm. She had... <sighs> I'm sorry, it's a lot of info, folks, but this is one of the most important shows I've ever done. Go with it, man. Hillary had been through this. This started with Travelgate in the White House when she fired the White House travel office. It turned into Whitewater, which turned into Lewinsky, which turned into, you know, the Vince Foster suicide. Yep. And I think she said to herself, well, we've been through this. 
we've been able to ride this out with the assistance of the mainstream media that hit all this while we were in office for eight years. In other words, the media were our buddies for eight years. Look what they did. They swept all of this under the end of the rug. The Whitewater real estate deals, travel gate, Joe, it all went away. Yeah. Even Lewinsky. And you may say, that didn't go away. Really, folks? President Clinton left office with a 60% approval rating. You sure it didn't, quote, go away? Trust me, it went away. We all know what happened, but it had almost no impact on Clinton at all when he left office. The guy was impeached. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't convicted in the Senate, but he was impeached. Mm-hmm. And it had almost no impact. Hillary Clinton's dinosaur political mind was so attached to the idea through experience that the media would be there to help her despite the fact that the facts weren't with her, just like they weren't with her with Lewinsky. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That was not a fact, folks. That was not a fact. I'm sorry. I did have sexual relations with that woman. She was lying, okay? (laughs) Her experience was that the media would get them through it. And she figured, as, as John Podesta, right after the election and her people figured out, that if they advanced a lie with no facts to back it up, that the media would keep this going almost in perpetuity. Well, I shouldn't say perpetuity. Throughout the Trump, in perpetuity of the Trump presidency is a more precise way to say it. Do you get what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. That despite the fact there were no facts, it didn't matter. Her experience with the media is facts don't matter. My husband lied to them and they didn't care. They will keep this false Trump-Russia narrative going the entire time. Mm-hmm. They will damage and destroy the Trump presidency. It will rescue in turn my image and uh, with respect to the public. It'll look like I lost for the Russians and I will go down in history as you know the, the, the queen bee of the resistance uh end the story you know everybody sings kumbaya i may have lost but at least i'll leave this important female uh, female figure in in uh, in, in uh, progressive politics folks they knew it they knew the entire time this entire story was made up now i say to our liberal friends do you feel like idiots uh, you know i maybe i shouldn't be so harsh I'm, I'm talking about reasonable liberal friends, if there are any left. Do you, I, let me just, yeah, let me not insult them for once. I know I get hot sometimes, but do you feel taken advantage of? Do you feel manipulated? I mean, I, I'm being really serious. I know I have when we elected presidents and we've elected Republicans that didn't stand by Republican principles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole genesis of the Tea Party movement. We elected people to do something. They went to Congress, the Senate, and in some cases, the White House, I think in the Bush administration, and did the opposite. And the conservative and libertarian base rebelled. That's what the genesis of the Tea Party revolution was. You've been sold out. If you are a liberal or a left-leaning Democrat who's maybe not, maybe you don't identify yourself as liberal, how do you, how do you not feel used and abused right now? How do you not feel like a doormat? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to stay away from the harsh adjectives and, and, and in that case of noun. But. Being quite restrained there, uh. I'm, because I'm really Joe I, I, you know I know I don't cater my show to liberals because they don't listen anyway it doesn't matter yeah. but maybe by we have tens and thousands of listeners to each show mm-hmm. I know there's someone out there who's a lib who listens to this maybe to catch me in something or whatever I'm asking you a serious question don't you feel like you got you were sold out that the, the Clinton campaign, which sold you a lie about a Trump-Russia collusion narrative to win an election, has been a Clinton-Russia narrative the entire time? Your own liberal media outlets are exposing this? Isn't it time to dial it back? Isn't it time to say we've been used, that the Clintons have to go? 
I mean, from politically, get leave the violence for the left. Gosh, because I know that they'll always distort our words, but you know, <laughs> God, the, the, use the left's actual words, and you know, it doesn't matter. But don't you think it's time for them to leave the stage politically now? <sighs> Devastating story. I, by the way, I didn't even. I, I had four or five other points here I was going to get to, uh, but I have some other things I want to talk about. Maybe I'll get to them in tomorrow's show, but. Folks, we haven't even talked about the exoneration letter by Comey. Comey, whose reputation is oh, just finished. Man. I mean, Comey's finished. I, Joe, by the way, you seem, Joe, you seem to really not like Comey. I've noticed that. Yeah. Like, I've never brought this up to you on the air, but whenever I bring up Comey or I fail to bring up Comey, <laughs> you always have a heightened reaction. You're like the Spidey sense. Yeah, you notice that? Like, I didn't mention Comey, and you're like, uh, uh, and it was Comey who was in charge. And I was like, oh, all right, Joe, thanks for telling me. Fingerprints always seem to be all over the place, though. You and then know? when I mention Comey ever, so when I don't mention him, you mention him. And then when I mention him, you're like, yeah, yeah Comey, you're like that guy in trading play. Yeah. 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 We don't need no jive turkey on Thanksgiving. Remember trading place? Yeah. Joe's that guy. Whenever you mention Comey, yeah. yeah. That, I got to get so, and someone sent me that on YouTube. Oh, the link, the listeners are great. Yeah, yeah, they send everything. They were like, here it is. Here's the trading places clip. <laughs> Yeah, that's Joe with the, when it comes to Comey. He doesn't like Comey at all. Uh, we haven't, again, we didn't even get to the uh, Uranium One, how this is just no. exploding. Now a special visa permission was given to lobbyists for this Uranium One deal as we, we sold off our uranium supply to the Russians. Oh. Uh, you know, the unmasking, I mean, it just was a really, really, really bad day uh, for liberals yesterday. Mm. All right. Uh, I, I didn't even get to our sponsor today. Thank you for all the feedback, by the way, on iTarget. I am super excited to have these guys on board. I got an email from CR a little while ago, and they said uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, would you read for this product? And I'm, folks, I mean it. I Half the time, it's a no, because they can run a commercial, but I'm not going to read for something I don't believe in. I saw the product, and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> now the feedback. Now I'm extra convinced these might be one of the best sponsors we've ever had. iTarget. Folks, these guys are incredible. Good marksmanship is a diminishing skill. And shooting isn't good enough. You got to hit what you shoot, all right? Yeah. Just like shooting a basketball, if you don't practice, your shots will be off. Ammo can get expensive. We all know that. Ammo is very expensive, especially by me. And you got range fees. It takes time to go to the gun range. Listen, we all love going there, but there's a better way right now to get in a lot of practice with your firearm. What if I told you there's a new product that'll allow you to safely practice shooting your firearm in your own house. Please go check this out at itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. It uses a laser in place of the bullet. This will not damage your firearm in any way. Don't worry about that at all. It is a laser. It works in place of the bullet. You'll see it. It's the coolest thing. Go to the website. It works with a phone app, and it'll detect exactly where your shots are landing. You'll learn how to get your sight alignment right, how to focus on that front sight, how steady pressure on the trigger works. This is a, this is a terrific, terrific item. Competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they live fire, and the iTarget system will take dry fire practice to a new level. Go check it out, itargetpro.com. Use promo code DAN, my first name, D-A-N, to save 10%. 10% on the product. Go to itargetpro.com. The reviews on this product, by the way, preemptive reviews. Mm. People who had the product before I even read for it are amazing. If you have a firearm, folks, you got it's not good enough to have it. You got to learn how to use it. I'm getting one for my dad, too. Don't tell him, but he's not the best shot in the world. But I do love him to death. <laughs> itargetpro.com. Okay. Uh, man, I really, I, I woke up this morning fiery to get to that story because it's like, I can't believe these guys got suckered so bad, liberals. And they're still going to, by the way, they, they you never notice, uh, mm. uh, 
liberals, they just never give it up. They mm. never, ever give it up. They just, they'll stick with this forever. Hey, uh, by the way, I'll be in for Hannity on the radio on Friday. Some of you ask me, uh, uh, you know, when, uh, if, if I will announce my appearances, I'll be filling in for Hannity on the radio on Friday. I will be on Outnumbered tomorrow. All right. I will be on Fox and Friends tomorrow. Um, and I was on Fox and Friends this morning. And that brings me to the next topic. I was debating immigration today. And uh, <laughs> did you see that MSNBC clip? Uh, we no. talked about with the immigration with the so MSNBC no. is down at the border and they're doing a report. Oh, I heard uh, about it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? So MSNBC's down at the border and they're doing a report on you know it's MSNBC, so it's basically to downplay the immigration illegal immigration <laughs> crisis we have in the country and to basically say that the wall is kind of unnecessary and you know we don't really need it. <laughs> While they're down there doing the report. A bunch of people climb the wall and illegally enter the United States. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. If it was a video podcast, I would show you the actual cut. You can look it up and just put MSNBC immigration. It's kind of hysterical that it happens. Now, I was on Fox and Friends this morning debating uh, with uh, Mustafa, I forget his last name, about uh, immigration. Uh, you know, a nice enough guy, but I think he's just wrong in the issue. And he brought up a point that I hear from liberals often on immigration that I need to debunk on this show, and I need to give you the ammunition to do so as well. One of the things they'll say, which is counterintuitive to the logic they use on guns, by the way, similar to how they fail on abortion to do the same thing, is they'll say, well, the guy said this morning, I didn't have enough time to respond, so I'll respond here. He said, well, if you build a 20-foot wall, which I made the point you can't jump over, I don't know any human who can leap 20 feet. Do you, Joe? No, I don't. No. I mean, and unless we have some kind of you know, superhuman with, who got some kind of yeah. uh, special mutant X serum. A hybrid, uh, yeah. Yeah, hybrid human. I said, I don't know anybody who could jump 20 feet. So a 20-foot wall would be uh, a natural barrier to stop people from leaping over the wall. And his response was, well, we'll just build a 22-foot ladder, which seemed kind of ridiculous because you would only need a 20-foot ladder if it was a 20-foot <laughs> wall. But whatever. Let's not get the math wrong there. Um, but you get, you get the point he was trying yeah. to make, which he's not wrong. A 22-foot ladder could probably scale a 20-foot wall. But the logic he's using, again, is faulty. And it just goes to show you how liberals, they, they have a very difficult time with consistency when it comes to arguing their positions, Joe. So the, what he's tr what I was trying to say and the argument you should always be making to your liberal friends is a wall. This is not a black or white situation. Folks, no law is. In other words, we don't make laws about homicide, about CPW, criminal possession of a weapon or assault with the realistic goal of eradicating that in society. Do you see what I'm saying, Joe? It's, it's ridiculous yeah. to suggest that, OK, we made assault illegal, so no one's ever going to get in a fight again. That's the purpose of the law, practically speaking. I'm not talking about morally or ethically. Morally or ethically, obviously, the goal for homicide laws is to stop people from killing each other. Uh, you know, and, 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 and we get it. But practically, the law is designed as a deterrent. It is not designed. It's not a black and white situation. Let me just use analogies because sometimes I get too deep in the, in the rabbit hole. A border wall, a 20-foot wall with security features, cameras, motion detectors, whatever, vibration detectors, whatever we want to implement into the wall, acts strictly as a deterrent. Yes, it's not going to stop every ladder. Yes, it's not going to stop every drone from flying drugs over the border. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's not going to stop some people from drilling a hole in the wall and walking right through. It is simply a deterrent to an activity we have deemed pernicious to our society, which is illegal immigration. The key takeaway is the word deterrent. Now, what's funny about this, Joe, 
is liberals will use the exact same deterrence ethos to argue on behalf of gun control. And I'll give you a specific example, waiting periods. Hmm. We all know gun waiting periods, which they have in many states. It's down here in Florida. If you don't have a concealed weapons permit, you have to wait. I think it's seven days down here in Florida. You buy a handgun, you come back seven days to pick it up. Well, Joe, that's a liberal. That's not a conservative idea. The conservative approach to that has always been, well, that's really dumb. If I've been checked for, a, you know, and I'm fine to buy a gun, well, I, if I was going to commit a crime, I'm not going to commit the crime seven days late. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I really want to off Joe Armacost. He really upset me. Joe was, he wasn't late this morning. But Joe was five minutes late this morning for the podcast. I'm driving up to Baltimore to whack Joe. I'm going to bring up Joey Bag of Donuts with me. We're taking Joe out. It'd probably take me seven days to get my schedule up. It doesn't matter. The seven-day waiting period is not going to do anything. But the liberal argument for the seven-day waiting period on firearms, Joe, has always been, well, it'll be a deterrent to people who might otherwise commit a crime. It's not going to stop all of them, but maybe it'll stop some of them. No, it won't. It won't stop any of them, okay? It's not going to do that. It's not going to stop anyone intent on committing a crime. That's not your choke point. So these people are complete hypocrites. So my, my, I mean, the only reason I bring up these analogies is because the only way to break liberals in an argument is to use facts and data, but to use their own arguments against them and to make them live up to their own principles. You know, Alinsky, for all of his devious, devilish tactics, literally, I mean, he almost admi- he, he admires Lucifer in his books, all Alinsky. Right. But one of the tactics he uses, which is smart strategically, is to make people live up to the principles they advocate themselves. And if the liberals are going to claim deterrence is a legal matter, an effective legal matter, well, look, it works on guns, seven-day waiting periods, then how is deterrence not an effective legal approach to illegal immigration by deterring people by creating a more pronounced, robust border, which is going to create more obstacles to them entering the country illegally? I don't get it. What is it? Is deterrence a factor in the law or not? Now, I, I don't I hope I didn't make that overly complicated, but I you don't have enough time on on you know on Foxel, especially in debates. Mm-hmm. They're, they're five minute segments and you know you got I had like twenty seconds. But I was just trying to make the point that this is about deterrence. And if they're willing to, if, if deterrence isn't an issue, then why are you engaging in any kind of a gun control debate with me at all? Because your whole premise for gun control has been you're going to deter people from committing crimes. You've already acknowledged you can do nothing to, to, to stop the supply of guns. They've already acknowledged it. They're, oh, well, we can just stop them from getting in the hands of bad guys or deter them. It's just not true. I, I, don't, I don't mean to make loose connections here, but one more thing on the immigration thing. So again, always reframe the argument to your friends, your liberal friends and liberal buddies and your liberal college campus buddies that this is about deterrence. And unless you're willing to wave off deterrence completely, then I'll expect you to forego your approach to gun control too. But uh, number two about this, why is immigration one of the only crimes we talk about in the country, Joe? Mm -hmm. Where we only discuss it in terms of the perpetrator and not the victims. You know, Joe, do the American people get a say in this at all? Folks, this is not a victimless crime. There are people who come here and enter the country illegally who don't come legally precisely because they have criminal records that would preclude them from coming here legally. So they enter the country illegally. Those are the same people who would likely be deterred by a border wall and a more vigorous legal process. Those are the people who come in the country, again, a small number, but not insignificant, Mm -hmm. who then victimize American citizens. We now have a case in Texas where you can come here illegally and get an abortion funded by taxpayers. Folks, 
taxpayers are paying actual money in actual time in the actual world for real people who have come here illegally and who have never paid into the tax system. They may, as they stay, they may, they most likely will not, but they've never paid. And now they're entitled to the, to the largesse of what? Taxpayer revenue in a country, uh, you know, uh, 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 strapped with $20 trillion in debt? This is not a victimless crime. Why are we talking about this crime only in terms of what the of the perpetrator? In other words, like, Joe, we only talk about, well, what about these people? And what about those people? And they're always talking about the illegals. You should constantly say to your friends every time they say that, well, what about the victims? Do they get a say in this? You keep talking about, well, what about the kids? And what about the families? And what about the people who couldn't find jobs and they came here? And what about the people who've been here? No, what about the American victims of this crime? Right. What about that? Do they get a say in this? In other words, when we talk about assault or something else, we don't talk about it in terms of the person who did the assault. Well, what about, gosh, if they go to jail, they're going to have a tough time getting to their job and they're going to have a tough time making their car payments. Well, what about the guy who got his butt kicked? Does he matter? Folks, there are real penalties to this in real time. And it's a darn shame we're not willing to recognize that. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know I'm a big fan of these guys. I got a super busy week, so dawn to dusk is helping me get through. My wife said to me this morning, thank God we got an extra supply in the closet. Miles is always good to us. Dawn to dusk is a great product. I get a ton of really good reviews on this. It's an energy product, and the nice part about it is if you send me an email on it, by the way, I send it right to Miles. The great part about dawn to dusk is it takes care of a big problem in the energy industry, the ups and the downs. You all know what I mean. Everything from coffee to caffeine pills to energy drinks, you take them in an hour later you're ready to collapse the nice part about dawn to dusk is you get a nice smooth mood energy elevation gets you through the entire day can last up to 10 hours these guys have really good product designers on their team they know the best of the best and they put a lot of legwork into this product and based on the sales and the feedback and the return customers i'm telling you this is one of the best energy products on the market working moms working dads ceos assembly line workers union workers anyone out there Go pick up the product if you have a really long day to get through, and I promise it'll it'll work out in your favor. It's really, really good stuff. It's a really great product. If you, your reviews on it have been tremendous. I get reviews from everybody from CrossFitters to MMA guys to pilots. Go check it out. It's available at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Check it out. Dawn to Dusk. Hey, the reason I stumbled on that union thing, by the way, is one last story I wanted to mention. Because I, I have all these things like going around in my head, as you can tell by my <laughs> mild ADHD. I never run out of stuff. <laughs> There's an article in the Wall Street Journal today. It's fascinating. Always available, uh, by the way, at the show notes, but uh, Bongino.com. If you subscribe to my email list, I will email you these stories. I'm sorry if it's subscriber, but you can get the first couple paragraphs. You'll get the gist of it. I'm not kidding, Joe, because we were talking about that Supreme Court case the other day. You know, yeah. the shows we try to tie them together. I can't repeat that show, but there's a Supreme Court case coming up, the Janus case, about agency fees. Basically, unions getting to take your money right. and spending it on political activities and disguising it as lobbying for other things. That's that's what it is, because money's fungible. I mean, that's just the, it's common sense, right? So with this case coming up, the unions are really fired up because they're afraid now if they lose their agency fees, they're going to dry up and there's going to be no reason for a union anymore. Well, that combine that with the explosive growth of right to work, in other words, where it's legal to not be in a union, which sounds insane, but that's what right to work is. It's legal mm-hmm. to not join a union in right to work states, right? <laughs> Illinois, which is a far left state dominated by Chicago politics, 
they are tired of not being a right to work state, right? And there are there are localities in Illinois that are actually relatively conservative. They're tired of losing jobs to people who are leaving for right to work states. So they enacted Joe, this is clever. Right to work zones. So there's a story in the journal about this town that's like, hey, you know what? We may not be in a right to work state, but we're going to make a right to work zone. And in that right to work zone, you don't have to join a union. Well, of course, what happened? The union sued because they love force. You have to. There's nothing they love more. They hate government monopolies, but they love a monopoly on labor. These unions, which I, I find incredible that they can continue to advance this position with a straight face. What did Illinois do, Joe? Not only did they sue to make this go away. I'm yeah. not kidding. The state legislator passed legislature passed a law overriding the government's veto. I think they were still waiting on the House, forgive me, but there's, the, the Senate passed the law overriding the Republican governor's veto, by the way, to make it illegal and to actually lock up legislators that allow people to not join unions. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is not Orwellian newspeak. This is, I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> Unions want to put in jail legislators who allow, allow, air quotes there, people to not join a union. Those darn socialists. You can't can't make it up, brother. You can't make it up. It's a real story. I'll put it in the show notes today. It's kind of fascinating. Let me just take a note on that so I don't forget. Sometimes I have so many stories, I forget which ones to put in. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Please go to Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. I'll send those stories right to your inbox. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at dbongino.